Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name's Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello, Susan. I'm here, Guthrie. Well, I would, but are you engaged? I I am ve- I am really here. I am present. Is that what you, is that what you mean? It's a very low bar. Susan is present. That's good. <laughs> no, I mean you know like present, as in as in you uh-huh. know mindfulness present. Today's topic is all about UX strategy. Um, this is, uh, is. one part uh, a a topic we haven't covered before, though we've covered in bits and pieces. But also, um, we just uh, released a big you. Uh, oh my God, it's been so much work. A UX strategy <laughs> bundle. Um, this yeah. bundle is on our online course catalog, courses at the and it basically covers a lot of uh, UX strategy. We have, um, we're not going to promote it too much, but I will say if you want, uh, we have a UX strategy fundamentals, which is completely free. So you just uh, go to courses.thetnw.com. You can take, um, I would want to call it a short course, but I, it's we call it a short course. Yeah. But it's not really very short. Oh, no. It's a little shorter than the rest of the courses in the bundle. Six like. lessons. It's, it's, it's well over an <laughs> it's, hour of It was content. supposed to be like 20 minutes long and two lessons, but I got carried away. Um, yeah, so then, so there's that course, but uh, as well as five others that make up the bundle, and uh, yeah. each course is very long. Um, so let's, you want to just uh, go through sort of the, the subjects, and we'll just kind of chit-chat about one at a time. Uh, yeah, you want to talk first at what, when do you want to talk at a higher level about about you know what UX strategy is, or do you just want to talk about the courses first and then we'll talk about? Oh, that. Sh- uh, well then let's start with fundamentals. <laughs> what yes. is UX strategy then? <laughs> Thank you, Guthrie, for that excellent question. Right. Uh, you know, it's actually a good question, and I, I and like so many other things in UX, I don't think there's agreement. <laughs> on it so and i say at the beginning of well i say somewhere in the curriculum bundle um that there is an agreement on what ux strategy means and so this is like my version of what it means but here's the idea you know people who if you work if you do any kind of work in user experience you know like if you are a user experience designer or a researcher or you're part of a ux team in an organization at some point you kind of run into this constellations of, of problems and issues about how do we uh, do our work more effectively and more efficiently. Like we've, UX teams will get to the point where they feel like, you know, we, we every time we start a project, it's like we're starting at square one. You know, isn't there a way to do this work more effectively? Isn't there a way to build on what we've done before? And then, so besides, you know, effectiveness and efficiency, there's also another place that that UX professionals or UX teams eventually get to, which is, you know, we're doing really great work and, and some people appreciate our work, like the teams that we're working with or, you know, a particular stakeholder on this project. But we don't feel like we have a whole lot of influence in the organization. Like we were brought in at the last minute or not that many people know about us. And so, uh, and you know, Guthrie, as you know, I've done a lot of UX consulting over the years and I would work with teams and we'd be working on 
you know, maybe I'd, we'd be teaching them how to do, you know, design, or maybe we'd be teaching them research, or maybe I'd be consulting on a project. But these issues about how can we be, be more efficient, effective, influential would always come up in our conversations. And um, I actually, and I, this is what I call UX strategy. And so I've been doing UX strategy consulting for, you know, a long time. And it just, I don't know, we just got to the point where we decided uh, it was time to revamp our course. And I guess I got to the point where I wanted to put everything I had learned about how to make UX teams more effective, efficient, and influential into the uh, series of courses. Right. So did, does that, I mean, you are not, technically a UX professional, although, you know, I, I know you've done UX work, but you think of yourself, and I agree, as more of a behavioral scientist than a UX person. But does that make sense to you, what, you know, about UX strategy? Does that definition make sense, or do you have any questions about what that means? Um, what does it not include? Oh. What does UX strategy In compared to some of the other things that we talk about. Well, you know, it's a great question because it kind of includes forms. No, it does not include the design of specific interfaces. Although, although it does include, I think, knowing about um, the basic UX principles. So, in in one of the courses in the bundle, which is UX principles, I go through fifteen. UX principles, but it doesn't include things like, you know, how do I design this form or, um, you know, it includes a lot of stuff though. So, you know, at a high level, if you're going to, if you're going to be an effective team, there's like things you got to know and things you have to put, have, have in place. And some of these are things that, you know, every UX professional should know. And some are things that somebody has to put in place for the team in order for them to be able to to work effectively. Like like uh, you know you got to have uh, a repository where all your UX work goes, so that you can find out what other people have done before you, and so that people after you can find the work you did. You have to have you know standards and guidelines and templates and patterns. So. In a way, in a way, I guess UX strategy includes everything, Guthrie. It's the whole universe of UX work, but it doesn't. You know, in, you know, for instance, in our in our UX design curriculum, of course, is we have things like um, designing for engagement and doing user research and doing detailed design and. And um, you know, down to a, a a detailed level, and UX strategy is kind of pulling all that up to a, to a higher level. So it doesn't include. There's not redundancy. There's very little redundancy. To if you talk about UX strategy versus if you talk about UX design, to me, those are obviously related, but they're two different things. Okay. Did that that make it clear as mud, as they say? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I guess I should be able to talk about this more clearly. Um, so let's, let's, let's go through the courses then. 
Okay. And then, then I want to talk about something called a roadmap. Can I do that when we, after we go through the courses? We can talk about a roadmap now if you want. No, let's go through the courses first. So um, in no particular order, there's a course on uh, UX methods. Okay. So well, I, I, I was going to go, well, you can, like, oh, you can you, list them all. You, well, do you want me to just list them or talk about them? Well, I was going to actually talk about them. Go ahead. We can do that. So there's a course on UX methods, which is all about, you know, there's there's a there's different methodologies about doing UX. I mean, in some ways, I think there's one methodology, which is user-centered design. Um, other people don't agree with me, uh, but there are other methodologies, primarily for product or software development, in which uh, UX professionals valiantly try to put UX into those other processes <laughs> with varying degrees of success. Um, so anyway, we talk about UX methods. We, we talk about lean UX and agile UX and user-centered design and design thinking. So that's that's one thing that I think is part of UX strategy is to, um, you know, and part of what I wanted to do with this set of training, Guthrie, is, you know, if you're a UX professional and you're in this organization over here, they are, they're going to do things one way, and then you go to another organization or another part of the same organization, and they do things in a different way. And so my idea was to kind of prepare people for all the different things they are likely to encounter um, as they grow in their UX career. So, um, you know, knowing what the different possible methodologies are that you're going to be asked to do UX work within, I think that that's important. So we have the UX methods class. We have a class, one of my... Um, favorite ones is uh, uh, how to promote UX in your organization. So I think this is really important. You know, if you want to have more influence, you got to learn how to, I mean, let's be honest, you know, market and sell what you're doing and within your organization. And so that that one is, it has our, one of your favorite topics, Guthrie, is in that course, which is ROI. Return on investment. Um, yeah, I, 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 at a certain point, I'm going to do a course on ROI. Good. Yeah, it's it's time for me to take over ROI, but I Why don't know. Why are you waiting? I well, you helped me a lot with the one. I you we uh, you did a really good job. Well, that's because you know you you helped me, you coached me through that. So, so anyway, there, so yeah. in ROI, there's like the simple ROI. Yeah. And then there's the Guthrie and then there's, complicated and then there's ROI. The I like that. Much more the, correct economic yeah, with uh, pro- modeling with of it. Probabilities. And we break it all down on the course. I think we did a good job at making it easy to understand. Anyway, so ROI is in the promoting one, but not just that. Also just ideas and tips and techniques about things you could do, you can do to... to uh, promote the work that you do in the organization. Then we have a class on, I uh, called the UX toolbox. And that's just, you know, I wanted to put in one place all the stuff that UX professionals do. And my idea was that if you're like a, you know, maybe you're a product manager or maybe you're a UX manager um, or maybe you're a UX professional, but you know, you've what you've been doing the whole time is design. Um, I just wanted to have in one place, hey, there's all these things that UX professionals do or could do 
uh, on a pro- on a project. And so, how, what should you do? You know, which ones do you do? Well, uh, should you do a heuristic evaluation or a cognitive walkthrough or a user test? Should you? Are you doing uh, card sorting? I mean, it's just like all this stuff. And so that's what that course is all about, just going through all the different activities, when in the UX process you do them, you know, pros and cons, and so on. Then there's a course on infrastructure. Hold on. on. What? What? I I think we're going way too fast. Oh, okay. Yeah, slow slow it down. Yeah. What do you want to know? So. Yeah. Um. I, we don't have to talk about just the course. We can talk about sort of UX methods in general. I was, um, I was curious if you had a, uh, if you have a favorite UX method. You know, I'm teaching this semester. At, you know, I'm an adjunct. You know that at University of Wisconsin in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and my class. And I'm, I teach usually teach one course a semester, and this semester, the course is on UX methods. <laughs> so. This is very prominent in my head. Yes, of course I have a favorite UX method. You know which one is my favorite. Yeah. Well, you know what? No, this is this is an interesting question. You know, I mean, if pressed, I'm going to tell you that a basic, the basic, regular, vanilla, user-centered design process is, in my opinion, the one that is the best. But, and there's a lot of variations on how you do that. However, um, I am a real fan of lean UX, at least the way I do lean UX, which is maybe not what other people do. But um, lean UX, I think, is is kind of different. And I, it's kind of fun because the four methods that, that we cover in the class and the four methods I teach at the university, you know, lean Agile, design thinking, user-centered design. Although they all have a few, th- I mean, they definitely have some things in common, but they're really different. And in my experience, when you when you use one over another, you really get different results. I mean, you really do. The process leads you to do the work in a different way and results in uh, not just, you know, a different set of activities you're doing, not just a different set of deliverables you may or may not be creating, but actually leads you to different design solutions. So I'd love to have, you know, I'd love to, um, maybe I should do this in my class at the UW. I'd love to have a bake-off, you know, where... Uh, what? A bake-off. A bake-off? Yeah, don't you know that term? I didn't invent that. That's that's a normal term, isn't no, it? I don't. I don't. I, don't well, I mean, I know what a Bake Off is, but like, yeah. like a Great British Baking Show. Yeah, I want. I'd like to do that for for the four methodologies where you give you'd have four teams, you'd give them all the same design problem, and that. But each team has to use one of the four methods. And then you see how they do. How long does it take them? What kind of solution do they come up with? Yeah, a bake-off. I think huh. that'd be. I think that'd be fun. So, um, yeah. So, uh, did I answer your question about which one is my favorite? I guess I have two favorites. 
you're not surprised that agile is not my favorite. And uh, I tried to be kind to agile UX in the course. Well, it's, it's the default that everyone's doing. It's what so. everyone, yeah. I mean, it's what most people are using, or a lot of people are, are, a lot of people out there have to do UX work within an agile shop. And so I have empathy. <laughs> and I try to talk about, you know, what some of the issues are and how to perhaps work around them. But I also think it's important, you know, there's some people, I guess maybe, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't worked in a lot of different places, and maybe the, all you've ever known is doing UX work in an agile shop. And so I guess I wanted to let you know, there are other opportunities, there are other ways to do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, these are, this is, uh, this is really good if um, there are there are a lot of people who are dipping their toe into UX, and maybe you mean don't this have, is not this has not been you know they they don't have a long career in it yet. Yeah, you know this mm-hmm. is this maybe isn't a uh, you know two decades of experience and you've seen all the iterations and the history yeah. and and so yeah, just yeah, yeah, be yeah. able to get an hour all about lean if you've never you know if you have no idea what that's like i think that's i think that's cool yeah yeah good um all right so that's that's ux methods uh i think ux methods is i don't want to say it's my favorite but you like it it? might be i really like the way it's laid out because it's just it's very bite-sized every little thing is a nice little nibble yeah um the like like the structure of it it's very pleasing huh. to me as sort of an engineering. That's type so interesting. Mind. Yeah. Well, be, right, because it's like there's, you know, everything is its own little unit. Yes. And all, and but like perfectly, and like, and now we're moving on to a new, yes. different method. Right. Right. So it's just it just goes together. Um, so let's talk about principles. Let's talk about principles. Yeah. UX principles. Uh, what's a UX, UX principle? principle? What's a UX principle? Yeah, what's a UX principle? A UX principle is a a uh, a guiding concept that you want to make sure you manifest in whatever it is you're designing. And it doesn't have anything to do with a particular platform or application or screen. So for instance, you know, a UX principle is um, something I call contextual appropriateness. These principles all, some of them have weird names. But you know, the idea is that you, when you, when whatever you're designing, whether you're designing uh, how people are going to go through a museum, whether you're designing a, an app for uh, ordering a pizza, whatever, whether you're designing a medical uh, technology to uh, take someone's blood pressure, whatever you're designing, you've got to take the context of use into account. Like the context is critical. You have to know, 
You know, are people using this by themselves? Are they using it with others? Is it a noisy environment? Are they distracted? What are they doing? Are they under tension and stress? So that's, so the, there's a principle called contextual appropriateness. And, you know, we talk in the, in the training about what that means, why it's important, why you need to pay attention to it. Um, so that's one. There's 15 of them. I, I'm not going to name all 15. But, you know, another one is uh, control. So people need to feel that they have some control over what they're doing and how they do it with what, again, doesn't matter what you're designing. If, if people feel that they are not in control at all, it it will make them nervous. And... Uh, they'll do weird things if they get nervous. So it's 15 principles like that that um, that would apply no matter what you are designing. Hmm. And I really like that one because I really like, you know, it's the whole, I don't know, it's that wonderful combination of psychology and human factors and design, you know, comes together in one place. So... And some of these some of these principles, I think, are, I mean, someone who's been doing UX for a long time, I don't know that any of these would be a total surprise, and some of them they've probably heard of before, but also it's kind of my unique take on them. So anyway, for each principle, we talk about what it is, and we give examples. We talk about what it is, why it's important, and then we give some examples of how you would put it into use. Hmm. Huh. And I think it's important. I think if you're going to do, you know, if you get, you know, here's, here's again, my idea of the UX strategy is you want to, you want to make sure that whenever you're working on a particular project, you zoom out to a little bit higher level and um, apply kind of best practice knowledge and skills to that project before you even start. So you kind of want to make sure you have this skills and knowledge set so that when you're going in, now you're going to zoom in and work on a particular project. But all this other stuff that we're talking about here, you've got and you can draw on as you do your work. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I, I think that makes sense, you know. so so just to reiterate so it's like if you're if you're running if you're starting up a ux team mm -hmm. what are like some really important things to know and to keep in mind and to like have at the ready yeah i mean either when you start i mean not just starting up a ux it's definitely if you're starting up a ux team you know there's i think everything in here would apply but even if you're on a, an experienced ux team you know, the other thing that's I, I think that happens now, and you've seen this, Guthrie, when we go to teach our workshops, mm. and, you know, we're, we're teaching, you know, we'll be brought in to teach uh, work, one of our workshops and to, you know, perhaps the, the UX team. And there's a lot of variation and variability on, on with skill sets and knowledge. You know, people right. come to that role from a lot of different places. They really and do. And so you have somebody who is just, you know, a killer, uh, a killer designer, 
uh, you know, and, and user interface designer and can prototype screens like crazy, but maybe doesn't know a whole lot about uh, user research or maybe, you know, never got, um, never did learn, you know, the basic principles of human factors applied to design. Or, you know, it's just like people don't always know all of this and they may not need to know all of this and in fact in one of the courses the infrastructure course we talk about you know does everybody need to be a generalist meaning they know everything or is it okay if some people specialize so and I think it's okay if some people specialize but you would want to make sure in the makeup of the team right that there's a couple of people that have all of you know this skill and a couple people have this skill so that the team as a whole you've got the whole skill set and I think that's part of what you know the whole UX strategy is it's interesting because to me it it's uh, and I talk in the fundamentals course about there's three dimensions to UX strategy that's the way I think of it so on a micro level there's the dimension of um, I have to do this this project and I, I need to know what kind of UX work should I, you know, what do I need to do on this project? I got a limited budget. You know, I have X amount of time. Yeah. So what should I do and what should I let go of given, the, you know, what's going on with this particular project? So, and to me, you know, that's, that's UX strategy, right? It's the strategy of applying what we know about UX to a particular project. But then there are, I think there are these two other dimensions as well. So the, the second dimension that I talk about in the fundamentals course is in how do you even decide what UX work to do? Uh, you know, whether you're a UX team of one or whether you, you're a whole team, you know, you've got all these possible projects. Now, sometimes you're just assigned to them and those are the ones you do. But sometimes, you know, it's like, well, which is more important? Which one do I do? How do I prioritize these? So I share a method of prioritizing your UX work and being able to think about it on two axes. One is how, how much impact does having this project, how much it will impact the product or the organization, and then also how easy or hard is it to do this, this UX work. Right. And then the, the third dimension, which is the one I think we've been talking about a lot on, on this talk, in this conversation so far, is the dimension of um, uh, you know, UX uh, at a higher level and UX in the organization. And that's you know, the, the infrastructure and the methods and, and all of that. So I think, you know, to me, UX strategy is all of those things and I, and so if you if you have a good handle on um, you know what staff you have and what skills they have and what skills they're missing uh, I think that that helps you figure out either how to grow the staff you have or who to bring in next or maybe just to know that you're light on something you know mm-hmm. just to realize you know, oops, <laughs> you know, we really don't have anyone who has that human factors background or we really don't have anyone who uh, 
knows how to do cognitive walkthroughs and heuristic evaluations, you know? Right, 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 right. Okay, so that's uh, those principles. Basically just an amalgamation of good ideas. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we have UX um, strategy infrastructure, yeah. which was formerly called enterprise, but we've, we've now called uh, infrastructure. Yeah. So um, what's in there, you know, this is that uh, a f part of that, a big part of that efficient, effective mm -hmm. thing I talked about. You know, so, uh, and I don't remember if we've ever talked about this on, on in one of our episodes, but you really need um, a history, you need a repository of work you've done uh, that and everybody needs to know where it is, and everybody needs to be able to access it. I I I mentioned in the in the chorus that there are times when I'm the history. You know, to have a very large Fortune 500 company, and when they want to know, did we do uh, uh, you know any user research with this target audience? They call me because. They <laughs> I was the consultant, and they can't find any of their documentation, mm -hmm. and and I keep everything, you know, unless under uh, sometimes with an NDA, I I can't keep it, and I have to destroy it, and I do, but you know, it's really important that you you do all this work, and you want to be able to reference it um, in the future. So that's part of infrastructure. You're having standards, guidelines, patterns, templates in place for for UX forms and menus and navigation and um, uh, is is really important. I mean, you know, recently got through, you and I worked on a project where uh, we were evaluating um, a whole series of screens for customer self-service and uh, I couldn't resist. I took a picture of all the different um, uh, I think it was just like an okay button. Mm -hmm. And they were like, <laughs> there were like 20, you know, so if you were a customer and you were using this, you know, using this product, this had to do with like paying your bill and it was yeah, for I businesses. Um, in the course of just, you know, checking out your account and paying your bill, you would encounter like 20 different versions of the OK button in terms of size and Which font Which you wouldn't color. Like, notice because it wasn't one page, you know, it's not like it was all You might notice, though. See, the page, thing is... But you might. Oh, yeah. But see, the thing is that these are little, little inconsistencies that... It, there's two problems with that, okay? One is, on a very subtle level that might not be conscious, you don't look very together. Mm -hmm. This doesn't. This doesn't convey uh, a company that's really together, that has their act together. It doesn't convey. It, it starts to erode trust. If every time I encounter a form or a button or a page or a menu, it's a little bit different. Right. It, it might even cause confusion because it's like, oh, what am I supposed to do here? Uh, you know, at the very least, it, it erodes a little bit of trust. And the other side of it is, it's like some poor designer had to design that button, you know, like how to take time. Like, why are people taking time 
to design a button. Like they should just pull the button out of the uh, the the pattern library and put it on the screen. You know, they shouldn't have to be. Well, I guess I'll make it this color, and I guess I'll. Am I should I use shading or not? You should. I mean, it's like you know, we there's so much to design. Why are we spending time doing that? So. Uh, and that's just one, you know, small part. But yeah, they have standards, guidelines, patterns, templates in place. That's important, and we talk about that in the infrastructure course. We talk about staffing, you know, the generalists versus specialists. Um, so it's all the things, the stuff uh, you you're going to need to have in place in order to for the team to be efficient and effective. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting because we actually have a lot of people who talk about either they're building a team or they're building out a team or they're um, a lot of times they, there is a UX team, but it's been cobbled together from, you know, you know, it started with one person five years ago and now there's a thing, but it's so like it fits in the structure, but no one actually gave it any thought about how everything should fit right, together. Right, it's not like they were able to plan. Right, they ended up with these four people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it's sort of, I think it, you know, it does let you, I don't want to say start from scratch, but there's, no, but a, there's a lot of best practices that people don't talk about that has to, that, that, that are about the, I mean, a lot of this course is where does UX fit in within the organization. Yeah, and where do you want it to fit in and how do you get there if that's not where you are, right? right. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of it too. And, and, and so this brings us to, now I get to talk about one of my favorite parts of the whole curriculum, which is actually in the free course, which is the roadmap and the action plan. Because one of the, I mean, this is the, and this is the consulting that, that we do that I think is I, I mean it just really seems to help teams. I've seen I, I worked recently with a, a wonderful team. Uh, they're just you know like like motivated and smart and hardworking and really lost. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, they were a relatively new team, and um, really everyone has really different experience. Like some people have a lot of design experience, some people have none, right? Some people have a lot of research experience, others have none. And and they were now coming together to be a team. And I took them through this process of creating a roadmap and an action plan. And it was I mean, it was so it was so much fun because it was really helpful. So and I think even experienced teams who really know what they're doing, I think this is a great exercise. To, to do, so the idea is that um, on a UX, in a UX strategy roadmap, there are uh, different uh, uh, categories to the roadmap, and not surprisingly, they're really similar to <laughs> the courses. But you know, there's infrastructure, there's uh, promoting UX, um, and 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 there's staffing, and so within each category, there's there's different questions or content so for instance there'll be uh, there'll be a row and the row will say um, 
Let's see. Let me see if I can give you an example. Well, let's just do a really simple one. You know, standards and guidelines. Uh, and so for that row on standards and guidelines, there'll be f uh, five levels. And the level one is we don't have any. <laughs> you know? Right. Level two is we have a little bit, but people don't really use them, right? Level three, and it goes all the way up to level five, which is we have a full set of standards, guidelines, patterns, and templates. Everybody's been trained on them, and everybody uses them, right? And so there are, I don't, I don't know how many different, I should have counted how many different rows there are, but you know, there's these four categories. Each category has three, four, five rows. And you rate yourself. The first thing you do is you go through and you rate yourself. Where is the group now? And if you could do this if you're a UX team of one person, too. Like, for each of these line items, what level are we at currently? Okay? Right. And then, and that's kind of the painful part. <laughs> and we do that, you know, we do that together. It's also kind of fun to do it with a group and everyone does it individually and then we compare right did did everyone agree which usually people are pretty close there's not always agreement then what you do is you say okay where do we want to be and I usually have people pick two levels so short term and long term and they get to define you know short term three months or six months or one year is long term one year or three years so so here's where we are now in this particular line item. You know, six months from now, where do we want to be? One year from now, or two years from now, where do we want to be? And, uh, at, you know, not only where do we want to be, but, you know, what's realistic, right? Because if you're yeah. at a level zero and you say three months from now you want to be a level five, okay, then you're probably not doing anything else for <laughs> the next three months except this one thing. So... Um, they, it, but it's, 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 so that's the first thing. That's called the roadmap. So now you have this great picture of where you are right now, where you want to get to in the short term, where you want to be in the long term. And then the next part of that is called the action plan. So, you know, given that you're currently at a level one and you want to be at a level three in six months, what do you need, exactly what do you need to do? to get there what is the team or the individual going to need to do and so you know we, we make that list the action plan list and sometimes after we do that we have to go back and adjust the roadmap <laughs> because you know if someone really uh, doesn't have much of this stuff in place you know they may not be able to move quite as fast as they want so but it's 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 really useful and it, it galvanizes the team, it makes it really clear what we need to be working on, uh, how we get there. Uh, it's, I, I have just found it to, to really be effective. And you know, even just the conversations that you have making these decisions about where you're gonna rate the, the group can be extremely valuable. You know, even just talking about this stuff can really kind of take a team to the next level so yeah so that's the I mean and, and that all that stuff's in the fundamentals course so that's that's some of, I, I don't know to me I go through this is to me I find this really fun now maybe that's not fair you know that I, right I have fun with it with other people's struggles <laughs> 
What does that say about me? Uh, uh, anyway, you know, we so people can do this on their own. You know, they can take the free course and do it on their own. And then, of course, they could ask us to come in and help them, which I always want to do because I think it's fun. Uh, and you you would do with me, Guthrie, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Come and do this work? Yeah. So, I'll be, there's two more. Two more what? Courses? No, we talked about them. What? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know. But but I did get to ask you questions. Oh, well, please go ahead. Which one would you... So you, you talk... The promoting and the toolbox or the yeah. two that you didn't ask questions on? Okay. Yeah. Go right ahead. What would okay. you like to ask? Promoting. Promoting. Yeah. What about it? Um, if there was one suggestion you oh. could tell people oh. for evangelization of UX inside their organization. This is like asking me, you know, which one of my children do I love the most? Because there's so many good ideas in this class. If there's one thing. Or category of things. I guess I have to say. Well, okay. Can I? There's one. There's one thing that I think is kind of easy and everyone should do. And then there's one thing that I think is really important but isn't easy. Can I can I give two answers? Yes. Which one you want to know first? Okay. Which one do you want me to tell you first? I, I the, don't care. You don't care? So the the easy thing that uh, I think everyone should do that I think really makes a difference. And it's going to sound maybe obvious, but I think it's one of these things that we forget to do. Which is any time you're talking about the work you're doing, whether you're talking about it to a stakeholder, whether you're giving a presentation to, you know, about the work that the team is doing, just any time you're talking about your work to someone that's outside of the UX team. You have, before you open your mouth, you have to frame it in a way that's important to them. And what happens in UX is we get so excited about the fact that we just redesigned this thing and and we're making it so much easier, right? We took this complicated, confusing process or form or whatever it was, and we changed the design and now it is, you know, it's easy to use and people don't get confused and they love it. And and we'll talk about the work that way because we that's what we're excited about. And we forget that the person we're talking to, although they wouldn't probably want to say that they could care less about how much easier it is to use, that's not what they care about. Like that. In their head, it's just a dumb little button, whatever. That's Or that's it's a great. form. It's like, okay, nice. You made it easier. Okay, so. I'm, I'm like, in charge of redesigning our entire, like, IT infrastructure. Yeah. That uh, actually yeah. is making the company run. Right. And so, and you're all excited because you streamlined the form. It's like, I'm not excited about that. Or I'm in charge of. Uh, you know, product line sales. 
Yeah, we're we're over here actually like running the company. Yeah, selling, and we're we're selling out there. Things. You know, we're selling. I got a sales force that sells this this software, and you want to like get excited about one form. It's like, you know, and 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 so they'll be polite and they'll go, "Oh, isn't that great?" But you haven't really reached them because you haven't taken on their frame of reference. So what you have to do every time, especially if you're talking to, you know, these are influential people, right? Uh, they could be, but whoever you're talking to, you have to, you have to be able to take what you're saying and put it in terms that they care about, you know? So this, the, you know, we made it easier to do this process, which means what? Like, what does that have to do with them? Which means that it's, you know, you'll get reduced help desk calls. Oh, really? Yeah, and we're streamlining all the apps this way. Uh, so, you know, support, calls for support and help are going to fall drastically. So, you know what you're suggesting? What? So, with UX, what's the most important thing to be, like, a good UXer? I don't know. What? Put the user first. <laughs> right 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 and so in this case the user is not the user you need the user to put you is your yeah. audience yeah you need you need to put the company first or the or the the particular person you're talking group you're talking to and the things they care about and they're interested in so it's just you know it's just like a little a little change in the way you talk about what you do that um you know it, it's just, it can make all the difference in the world because now the person you're talking, and I've seen it, then now the person you're talking to now becomes a real advocate for what you're doing, whereas before they kind of either didn't get it or didn't really care. So that's something I think everybody should try and do all the time. Uh, and then in terms of the thing that I think is a little harder, that's in this that this part of the course, we're talk this part of the training we're talking about promoting, is uh, finding a, a someone uh, in the organization who's at a high level who will champion what you're doing to their peers. Um, you know, sometimes UX teams, they're buried deep in the organization somewhere. They're like, uh, and we talk in, in the infrastructure course about, you know, all the different places UX teams might be and w w the pros and cons of all these locations. But Sometimes you're kind of buried in, you know, some group somewhere and um, and you might be doing great work, but you don't, and you have a, you have a man, UX manager who's a wonderful person, but you, there's no one at a higher level in the company that's representing what you're trying to do or talking about what you're trying to do to the, to the higher ups. And, and what I say to people is if you find that you're doing great work but it never advances and you just feel like you're spinning your wheels, chances are you don't have a high-level advocate. So I talk in the course about how to go about finding one uh, and getting one. And that's not, nece it's not necessarily the person who's going to manage a group. And it may be, you know, the, that person might be in a totally different group than, than the team. But you need to find someone who is a champion uh, if, in order to in order to have more influence right uh, I don't I don't have anything to say about uh, UX uh, UX toolbox it's a toolbox so okay all right that's yeah, that's, that's pretty straightforward that's pretty straightforward 
So anyway, yeah, UX strategy. Uh, I think you know, such it's just an it's so important because you want the work you do. You know, you want to do the best work you can as effectively as you can, and you want to have as much influence as possible. And that's what I think this stuff gets you. So I, you know, we'll see. I mean, we kind of put the, all this stuff together, and I guess we have to. It, it seems to. There seems to be a lot of interest in it, but I don't really know, you know, whether people will, uh, whether they feel like they need to know this or not. So those of you who are listening, if you're, you know, if you want to give us any feedback on, you know, whether this is something of interest or importance to you, that we'd be interested in knowing that too, wouldn't we? Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add? Um, just that, that to putting those courses together, this whole curriculum took a lot longer than I thought it would. I think because we got busy with doing other work and we were trying to trying to fit it in in between. But um, I am so glad it's done. Amen. <laughs> no, I think that's it, Guthrie. I think we covered it. Uh, and as you said, if people are interested in checking out the free course, it's at courses.theteamw.com. And Guthrie, if people want to get a hold of us for any reason, what should they do? Uh, email info at theteamw.com. Yeah. Right. It's good talking to you, Guthrie. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.